0: I would move now for uh, one of the topics that brought us here, which is your new publication, which yes here (laughs)
1: impressive. Like let me yes, it is an impressive
0: (laughs) book. Quite quite a uh, substantial, (laughs) (laughs) lack of a better word, substantial research um, of which this is the first volume. When when are you planning to bring the other uh, Other two two. (laughs) into completion? (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, hopefully
0: uh,
2: during the next few years. By few, I hope to um, to be able to finish. each of the two remaining volumes within some three years each. Mm. Um, That all depends, of course, on various circumstances, but um, uh, basically I have um, three projects, um, three larger projects to work on in these coming years. This is uh, the biggest one, Mm -hmm. but uh, the other two also have to do with um, astrology. uh, So they, take up some of my time and energy. Um, Maybe it's worth mentioning them briefly because uh, um, they cover um, um, the ancient world, while this project is um, about the early modern period. So the other two projects are an anthology of Greek astrological poetry, that is under contract with uh, Oxford-UP. We started last fall, we, that means um, Claudio De Stefani in Italy. And I, um, he is, uh, he has uh, only very limited experience in the history of astrology, but he is an expert for late Greek poetry. Mm. And so we uh, think we are a good team together. Mm. Um, for such an anthology. And uh, the third project is one that I promised many years ago um, to uh, to David Pingree and his wife, uh, namely to bring his edition of uh, the very late Greek prose astrologer Rhetorius of Egypt Mm. to the press. He edited the text, but uh, regrettably, he uh, passed away um, a bit before the publication of this volume, and um, I, it was uh, postponed by various biographical circumstances in my CV for numerous years. But I much hope to uh, to bring that to publication sometime soon. It is under contract with De Gruyter um, okay. because Rhetorius preserves many. Um, summaries of uh, lost, of otherwise lost Greek astrologers of earlier centuries, mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. Balbilus um and many other uh, texts. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are um, so. Those are the two uh, ancient projects, and uh, this one is the mm-hmm. flagship, uh, the big <laughs> early modern uh, project which grew out of a far more modest um, project. Somehow, I, um, uh, I have a tendency towards exploding small projects into, into large ones, but uh, it, it originated from an article um, uh, in the early 2000s, uh, which was a contribution to a conference in Wolfenbüttel in Germany about um, astrology in the Renaissance, Mm -hmm. uh, divination in um, in the Renaissance and uh, I realized very soon that the field of conjunction astrology was far too large uh, to be covered um, in a small publication and uh, now this, um, eventually I limited um, the project to a specific um, time window because my interest is basically in conjunction astrology in the late medieval and early modern period because it is extremely under researched in my in my opinion despite the thousands of uh, predictions that have been produced um, in that field and based on these uh, perso arabic um, Uh, astrological uh, doctrine, but um, I realized that I have to limit my investigation on a time window chosen from um, those centuries uh, from about 1300 to about 1700 um, CE, and I chose uh, the time window which includes two conjunctions of Saturn and Jupiter the ones in 1484 and 1504 because um, those are the ones um, that received for the first time uh, a large amount of um, handwritten but also printed uh, predictions of the future Um, and there is very little uh, research that has been published so far. To my amazement uh, there is not even a single text uh, relevant to uh, this field of conjunction astrology that has been edited and translated and commented on as an example, um, if, with the exception of one very early text um, edited and briefly commented on by David Pingree and um, Um, Bernhard Goldstein um, on um, a prediction regarding uh, the conjunction of 1345, uh, but that is very early in the development, uh, the prediction by Levi Ben-Gerson, a Jewish scholar. Um, So I am uh, particularly interested in this uh, time window from the 1480s to The early 15th century and um, uh, the first volume that you kindly uh, 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 brought into play in our conversation um, that is entirely devoted to a single text. Uh, Initially uh, my plan was to write some 10 or 15 pages about John (laughs) of Lübeck but then I realized that I had barely uh, scratched the surface of a much more uh, complex and also intriguing uh, story. Um, to make a long story short, I was amazed by the by how many problems can be involved in a rather short text which is maybe um, 10 or 15 printed pages long in the in the latin original, but it. um, it took quite a long time and much effort uh to elus- to uh, elucidate uh its content mm, in a manner uh, that is hopefully uh, that will hopefully be useful even if we know almost nothing about the life of this author
0: mm-hmm.
2: but this text is um fascinating in my opinion because it's um unlike many other astrological texts of that time, uh, there is a very sophisticated technique uh, that he employs. He, um, um, one finds numerous other um, predictions based on the conjunctions of Saturn and Jupiter in those decades, which um, tend to treat the the astronomical data in a rather superficial manner and mix uh, the prediction with many religious and prophetic elements. But this text is um, almost entirely free of um, the historical religious um, material. Instead it focuses in a very sober manner on uh, technical aspects and um, for a reader interested and knowledgeable in in these astrological tenets, um, I think at least it must have been stunning um, to to see how um, how that horoscope uh, that he analyzes of the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in fifteen o four would allegedly. Um, bring about the eschatological event of uh, the rise of the Antichrist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I, I am curious because uh, the text I studied, um, the, the, the author I studied, he copied uh, the prediction written by John of Ascendant in for the conjunction of 1365. Yes. The first, in, for some astrologers, was the first in the cycle of water signs in Scorpio. Yes but he disagrees and he says that um, John of Ascendant was a great master and everything is right except that what he said for this conjunction in Scorpio mm-hmm. uh, 1365 is true for the conjunction of 14, uh, 1425. So he, he, he killed yes. also in Scorpio and it, it is all about the Antichrist and everything. So there was this discussion about which one is the first of the water um, yes. sequence, I'm I'm am curious if this author mentions any of this or just skips into the 1505 uh, 1506 construction without even worrying about the the which one is the first because he's right in the middle of the the water sequence so probably was not even worried yes. about. Um, he does
2: um, he does not mention. Um, the beginning of um, the cycle within the watery uh, zodiacal signs. So he goes um, straight into uh, the analysis of of his um, uh, conjunction chart and uh, the chart of the vernal equinox, but um, other authors of the same period, like, for instance, uh, Paul of Middleburg, who wrote in 1484 um, for the uh, conjunction of 1484 and who will be um, the most important author in my second volume, he um, goes into much more detail regarding previous um, um, conjunctions and especially the the beginning of um, what was for him the the contemporary cycle within the watery uh, science. Um, The problem for everyone writing in the late 15th century about um, or writing predictions of the future uh, based on the conjunctions of Saturn and Jupiter was uh, that those people in the late 15th century, century were living um, somewhere in the middle of their cycle, um, about 100 years after its beginning, and about 100 years before its end, so it was imp- it was difficult to announce any uh, major new event in history because they were dealing with so-called small conjunctions, mm-hmm. but. Um, Um, But, for instance, Paul of Middleburg uh, argues in his um, prediction of the future uh, that one detail of Abu Mashar's conjunction astrology um, must be applied, namely that the effects of um, a major um, conjunction which implies a shift of triplicity Mm -hmm. will not come about immediately uh, but with a delay of several um, Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions Mm -hmm. and these delays um, uh, are usually uh, that depends on the um, triplicity in which um, the conjunction occurred, the one with the shift But um, in the case of the watery triplicity, Paul of Middleburg argues the shift will be six conjunctions. So it will be about 120 years after after the true shift. Mm -hmm. That brings us back to your question with the year 1365. So if according to the Alphonsine tables, the shift... um, occurred, uh, I mean, the shift uh, towards uh, the watery triplicity, Mm -hmm. if it occurred in the year 1365, then according to Abu Mashar, this is um, what Paul of Middleburg argues, then according to Abu Mashar, the shift will be six, uh, not the shift, um, uh, the effects will come about six conjunctions later, namely In in 1484, they will be released by the Mm -hmm. conjunction Mm -hmm. in 1484. Mm -hmm. And uh, so maybe uh, this theory of Abu Mashar has something to do with um, the discrepancy that you mentioned between the year 1425, or which one
1: was it? It was uh, 1365 or 1425, because both occurred in Scorpio. Yes. And so the, this author that I studied, he was like, um, although respecting John of Ascendant and all these mm-hmm. predictions, he was like shifting the predictions to the other, to the other conjunction yes. in the same sign. I don't
0: recall correctly, but um, I think the problem was that the first conjunction, the earlier conjunction, has it's mixed, so it's a triple conjunction in which you mixed... Uh, uh, Two conjunct- elements... Conjunctions in Libra with a conjunction in Scorpio, and that's, the, the, yeah. I that's. I think uh, that's if, if I recall correctly, that was uh, the issue. So they're not sure if yes, they should yes. consider that first one or it's if it is the next one that will really mark the entrance of the triplicity. And I think that's always a doubt that lingers. So probably that explains why the dates shift from one author to the other, depending on well, how they're considering the the, the triplicity, the beginning yes. of the triplicity.
2: Yes admittedly, I would have to look up um, the astronomical details of that conjunction in thirteen sixty five um, to say um, to make to make a reliable statement about that but um, one thing that may also have played a role is uh, the fact that after uh, the conjunction of thirteen sixty five in Scorpio, we had two conjunctions shifting back into the airy tri- triplicity, yes, yes,
0: yes. and
2: it was only in 1425 um, that the cycle stayed permanently uh, yes. for more than a hundred years in, in the watery signs, yes. yes. Which
0: can also bring again the same technical doubt. Yes. When does it begin well, exactly? In a, yeah. in
1: a, from what we have seen, the, the, the changes between air and uh, water are the most irregular. For some mm-hmm, astronomical okay. reason, mm-hmm. they are very irregular. Ah, the yes. changes between other triplicities are more regular, uh, are more, I- more easy regular. to spot.
0: Just a jump yes. one conjunction. For
1: some reason, mm-hmm. between air and water, they, they are really um, irregular. There mm-hmm. are some kind of uh, astronomical uh, reason for this, mm-hmm. I'm sure. That's okay. interesting.
2: I'll, I'll have to look into that. Um, yeah, no, sounds interesting.
1: We can send you um, like a list of all the conjunctions. Yes. Because we can see that they are very regular when it comes right. to these... Calcul- Calculated
0: at least with modern software, then, then yes. of yeah. this needs to be compared with alpha-sign tables yes. or other tables exactly, because they might not have exactly the same yes, data exactly. as we sure. have. Yeah. And I've seen quite notable discrepancies in, in some of the dates and yes. the yes. conjunction degrees, uh, of course. But, but this is... And I was also thinking... That kind of dating is not the same, of course, but very similar to the dating they use on eclipses which, uh, in which they discuss the same kind of thing, which is the effects of the eclipse can appear uh, months, Later. years, sometimes yes. after the eclipse has occurred, depending on the position relative to the horizon where the eclipse occurs. So. So I think probably we're seeing a similar um, methodology uh, and, being applied here. And there I was would...
1: also another parallel discussion, at least in the text I studied, that is whether to study only the conjunction or the lunation that preceded yeah. the conjunction. Yes. So uh, mostly they used the, the lunation because it's easier to 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 calculate. Okay. But some authors were like, no, the, the conjunction is more important, and then others said we should incorporate also, and yes. all, even given, give some priority to the lunation that precedes the conjunction. Mm-hmm. So all this we can see um, in this text uh, by the end of the fifteenth. Uh, yes, by the end of the fifteenth century, uh, people experimenting with all these things and with yes. different opinions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that is in fact. Um, a field which I found particularly intriguing um, and which uh, motivated me to extend uh, that investigation uh, towards a monographic and now even three volume project. um, Because uh, in in the case of that um, conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter in 1504, one sees um, basically what you just uh, mentioned, some um, astrologers limit their prediction on the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was preceded by a whole series of conjunctions by Saturn and Mars Mm -hmm. or Jupiter and Mars. And since uh, the conjunction of Saturn and Mars was considered to be particularly uh, negative and uh, harmful, that If one takes that into account, one gets a different picture, of course. And then, so depending on how large the time window is uh, that one takes into account, one gets different results. Of course, other factors also contribute to uh, producing different results. And then one has um, uh, the various eclipses and conjunctions, uh, broadly speaking, between sun and moon that are taken into account by um, um, by the majority of uh, those who wrote about these phenomena. What I found also interesting is uh, that predictions are not necessarily written before the conjunction, because since uh, the effects of the conjunction can come about, according to this Arabic theory, within the next 20 years, um, you can write a prediction uh, 10 years after the event, which is truly a prediction of the future. Um, oh, yes. And um, But such a prediction written years later, and we have such texts, such a late prediction will probably be influenced by the earlier predictions mm-hmm. that um, that have been published, uh, like the one here by John of Lubeck, he wrote thirty years before mm-hmm. the astronomical event so um, what one sees is is uh, in my opinion, the creation of um, of a discourse that uh, develops over several decades, and uh, even if not every participant in that discourse knows all the texts that have already been produced by others, uh, mm-hmm. they tend to know various, um, enough of the other texts because they have been published uh, in print um, mm-hmm. in order to um, to build on the already existing um, yes. texts.
0: Yes, yes. I, I've seen that also in my research which is early modern, also more into the 17th century, in which you see them um, almost chain-connecting uh, the, the, the several events to, to try to understand how they should predict that uh, yes. specific, uh, for example, comets, you see that in comets and eclipses, in which they they do an historical uh, contextualization of the various conjunctions, sometimes taking into account the degrees of, of, of magnitude of each of the events, so, they can, they can produce well, taking into account what has happened so far with this conjunction, then probably this is signaling something else. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting to see. And, and of course, that going back to see what other people were writing so that they can work on that and do so. Yes. The better, better quoting and, and the research um, on, on, on the predictions uh, being made, which is quite, quite interesting. Um, to see that dynamics. Of course, in print, as you said, it's easier because things are more widely accessible. Yes. But, uh, for example, with, Elena work, with Elena's work, we have evidence that you also have that in the manuscript edition because if they have access to manuscripts, to, to some kind of library or repository of manuscripts, then they, they usually do the, this kind of citation as well. Yes. Perhaps not not so extensive. I was taking a
1: a brief look at the conjunction of 1506 and uh, I noticed it is in uh, Cancer. So when Mars joined Saturn, this is, uh, for the tradition, a very difficult conjunction because the two malefics were debilitated. Mm. So I suppose, I've never read these predictions for this uh, year, but I suppose it was kind of very... Dreadful, uh, a very <laughs> dreadful uh, yes. prediction, because the two malefics, Mars and uh, Saturn, were both conjunct in uh, and in a very debilitated state. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it was really uh, scary scary for them. <laughs>
2: yes. Um, as a matter of fact, um, uh, some authors concentrate even exclusively on um, on the conjunction of Saturn and Mars. In Cancer, which was in the year 1503, and then uh, in 1504, uh, we have um, uh, in in the spring uh, mm-hmm. the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, um, and the simple fact uh, that there was one of these um, baleful, negative conjunctions of Saturn and and Mars uh, in Cancer. Um, may also have um, contributed to the desire of uh, some astrologers of that time to use astrology uh, towards um, or can I say that uh, there was this long uh, medieval tradition of prophetic uh, predictions of the future Mm -hmm. um, uh, including uh, the end of the world and the Um, and the Last Judgment. And it had been, uh, as you know, with Roger Bacon, especially, in the 13th century, uh, that Bacon um, suggested and invited um, astrologers uh, or uh, scholars, broadly speaking, uh, to make use of this new signs of astrology, or new in the sense that it had recently been um, imparted from the Ori- oriental world, mm-hmm. to make use of that um, not as a substitute of um, of divine inspiration or um, religious um, mm, mm, prophecy, but as another uh, contributing um, method of finding out the time of the end of the world Mm -hmm. and there was a widespread expectation that that, uh, the end was near, that the Antichrist would be born uh, relatively soon and um, the author that I wrote about this John of Lübeck seems to have exploited this um, well I would actually say this need um, of, the, of many people of the time uh, to have that um, expectation of uh, the near end of the world um, mm-hmm. s- specified in, uh, in a more, um, uh, to have someone come up with a year, when exactly will it be? It was clear that the end was relatively near. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if uh, if that is constantly on your mind, you need someone to tell you when exactly will it be? Uh, Will Mm -hmm. it be this year or uh, (laughs) ten years from now? And um, in a way, I. I've been thinking a lot about uh, one problem that is involved in this text, which may also be of interest uh, to many other readers. Um, It is pretty clear that John of Lübeck manipulated the data, Hmm. Um, but we do not know why. Um, um, There there is a whole list of arguments that shows uh, that his conjunction horoscope, which is very fascinating, um, if it were true, um, astronomically speaking, Then it um, would have an enormous impact, Um, and I think many people have not noticed, or um, most people will not have noticed, that he secretly manipulated the horoscope a bit. I do not know why he manipulated the data, Mm. but um, I tend to think that it was part that this was partly because of the need in his and many contemporaries um, thinking to um to rationalize and to make this uh, to rationalize this expectation and to make it somehow mathematically um, um, treatable or um uh, to, to to gain some kind of mathematical access um to uh talking about um, this upcoming event. Uh, it, I'm, I'm, as you know, as you see, I I'm struggling uh, with this problem. I, I'm still struggling with it because in a way um, it has taken me aback when I um, when I realized he is not entirely honest, um, yeah. which, which one would expect um, from an author. On the other hand, he may have um, had um, good reasons from his uh, point of view, partly personal, because he dedicated his text to the Emperor Frederick III, uh, probably hoping for for protection and um maybe for um, promotion of some kind, but uh, maybe also in order, uh, he says at the beginning of his text, that he did this entire analysis because he had been asked by unnamed people um, if such uh, techniques taken from the arab from the Arabs can be used uh, to nail down the time of the end um, so um, maybe he um, he felt the need to um, doctor the data a bit in order to come up with a satisfactory um, event in the near future Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's I I would wish we had more biographical information about this man but Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately this is the only text and the only information we have about him.
0: And it's not certainly a calculation error.
2: Almost certainly not. Uh, the, uh, this is not one of the cases where one can speak of absolute clarity or absolute proof. Um, there is a small margin of possibility that numerous um, problems came together, but um, the kind of evidence is is pretty strong because he he quotes several astrological texts, Mm -hmm. Um, But he leaves out a few words in several quotations. And these words that he leaves out are always detrimental to his theory. Then um, he he gives the impression through uh, his data of being um, well versed in astronomical computation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he uh, he gets uh, the longitudes of Mars and Venus massively wrong uh, by two entire signs, but in a manner that places Mars exactly together with um, Saturn and Jupiter. So for him it is a triple conjunction, um, ah. <laughs> not, on, not only by Saturn and Jupiter. Yeah. And uh, and there are uh, a few more surprising um, irregularities of this kind. He even goes so far to um, to quote from the Gospel of John um, in a manner that um, that is simply wrong. Uh, the, mm-hmm. he, he refers to the beast with the ten heads uh, in the a- apocalypse of John, but it is uh, so in in the apocalypse it is a beast having ten um, uh, ten horns. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he speaks of twelve <laughs> horns. Uh, in the entire uh, tradition, there is.
1: I think throughout the centuries, the beast has grown too extra. <laughs> <two> <laughs> yeah, four. maybe,
2: but but this allows him uh, to interpret the twelve horns as the twelve pseudo apostles of the yeah. Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a very fascinating text, and he must have had access to um, to a large. Um, library of astrological magical demonological and philosophical texts he quotes uh, from uh, partly hard to uh, find medieval texts and i think he he was working uh, he wrote this text in padua in northern italy Hmm. and he must have um, used uh, the padua library um, of the university there um, extensively in order to um, to have access to all this material.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about one 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 technical detail. You said that he displaced not only Mars, but also Venus. And as you know, Venus cannot be very far from the Sun. Uh, yes. Does he um, take Venus more than two signs away from the, from the Sun? That no. would be unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: you are absolutely right no he uh, he is clever enough um not to make uh s- such a mistake but he um, uh, well since since you asked me about that uh, i'll give you a brief explanation of what he actually does uh, his main authority um is not Abu mashar but masha allah mm. and um because Masha'Allah provides one uh, tenet uh, in his brief treatise on eclipses and conjunctions of the planets. uh, uh, Masha'Allah says in chapter 9 that um, there is one special occasion which is also to be counted as a great conjunction, namely when the three superior planets Come together in one decan, mm. or um, more broadly speaking, within one sign, but preferably in within one decan, within mm-hmm. ten degrees. Plus one other planet, so the three superior ones—Saturn, Jupiter, Mars—plus uh, another planet,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and um, and. Mars and Venus are too distant in uh, the true horoscope of that conjunction. So he moves Mars by two entire signs to bring him into that decan and Venus by one sign. Uh, Venus was, I think, uh, Venus was close uh, to her um, elongation, so pretty far removed, from the sun at that time and he moves it um, he moves it within uh, the astronomically possible Mm -hmm. um, spectrum in order to fulfill Masha Allah's Mm -hmm. Allah's, um, conditions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, to add one more detail as many of these astrologers of the time, he gives not only the horoscope of the conjunction, but also that of the preceding vernal equinox, which mm. is, as you know, originally the more important one. Mm. Um, and in order, not, um, and he manipulates uh, m- the position of Mars a bit in that previous horoscope too, in order to avoid um, people being surprised by the difference between the two horoscopes (laughs) 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 because everyone knows that Mars moves about um, one sign every two months Mm -hmm. and um, so uh, it would be impossible for Mars to move uh, too many signs within a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, I I discussed uh, these details um, in detail with with a historian of astronomy who is also knowledgeable um, in the field of astrological texts, um, with Richard Kramer in uh, Dartmouth, and uh, in order to to avoid mm, fanciful interpretations on my side, but he was also convinced uh, that um, some manipulation must have uh, happened there. Mm -hmm. But the result, uh, so in a way, I was disappointed uh, because I am 99% convinced that he mon- manipulated something, but the mm. result is a piece of art.
0: Um, mm.
2: it's, a, it's a horoscope that um, that is rectified and a bit manipulated um, with the result that all these uh, traditional features of the life of Antichrist, because there had been a long tradition mm-hmm. um, at which age he would make his first appearance in the public, how mm-hmm. many, how that his age would be 33, like that of Jesus, when he would be uh, destroyed by uh, by God in the end, that he would um, be born uh, from a Jewish mother in the Near East, etc. Et and so there was a whole tradition of in quotation marks, biographical elements of Antichrist, and this horoscope uh, that John of Lübeck presents us with Mm -hmm. um, allows in an admirable, really stunning manner to read these biographical details uh, that were established by tradition, Mm -hmm. um, to read them out of the horoscope by uh, employing traditional astrological techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really. It must have been um, um, amazing to those readers who were trained in astrology and uh, convinced that the end was near.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes wow. it's very interesting because yeah. it, is, it, it becomes a good example of how belief, or at least the idea or, or the, what's in the astrologer's mind will affect the way that the technique is used, or in yes. this
1: case manipulated,
0: and this case manipulated, <laughs> of course. But it's it's it is interesting because um, I've seen examples later on. Uh, for example, here in Portugal, you have certain astrological texts that, despite being very accurate mathematically, the interpretation is shifted to accommodate, or it's given strange um, preponderance it's, to yes. certain factors. Yes. because they are they want the uh, messianic ideal that, they, they, that is, appeals to them to be uh, yes. certain, uh, rectified and, and to be uh, reiterated by that, that astronomical yes. conjunction. So it's more or less the same mindset that we're talking about. Perhaps I haven't found forger, the same kind of forgery or manipulation that, that in, yes. the, in this example, but it's, it's the same thing. So it's, it's also an interesting thing to see belief Affecting uh, the technique, the, the more mathematical aspect of of, of yeah. astrology. So it's quite that,
2: interesting. Uh, that's interesting. In which um, century? Seventeenth.
0: Seventeenth. Seventeenth century. Because yeah.
1: because just for context, we had a king that was very very young, and he uh, he went to this, um, North Africa to fight. He was 24 and uh, really a child and not even a warrior but he decided to go and um, he went to um, Alcacer Kibir which is a place in uh, present-day Morocco and he disappeared so there are two things here his birth chart um, and uh, when they calculate after post-factum they they calculate the the longevity (coughs) of this young man and they said that he would live more than 24. So it's like a political factor, because mm-hmm. when the king disappears with no no um, children and no one it, else to replace, it a
0: complicated the Spanish would
1: come, the Castilian would mm-hmm. come and take the country, mm-hmm. which actually happened. Yes. So there is a yeah. political uh, context. On exactly.
0: This. At this point, we are already seeing the restoration of the Portuguese crown. And so you have a lot of expectation on, on establishing the and the new king. So there's a yes. lot of rhetoric with uh, a lot of uh, also messianic and, and religious factors coming into it. So, okay. so the interpretation is, it's not manipulated uh, exactly in the same manner that we're talking here, but it's biased. It's biased, it's exactly. Biased. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's interesting. And in this specific text, I, I'm thinking, you see that he's perfect. He knows exactly that like, that configuration does not say what he wants it to say, and it's much worse, it. <laughs> much worse uh, for Portugal than he wants it to be. Well, and yes. You see certain vacillations in in certain things he says that. He's
1: like trying to to, he's trying to, to make that bad yes. for the Spanish yeah.
0: and not bad for the Portuguese, but we clearly <laughs> see that he has is not completely sure about that he's because it's obvious British. and it's quite interesting. Uh, what
1: we had is that the king disappeared by the end of the uh, the um, the end of the 16th century, and then we had the Spanish here legally. I have to say because the Spanish king, because they intermarried, the, the, the Spanish was the, king was actually the, 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 the next in line but they were not um, resignated. They, they were not uh, uh, happy with this. So for 80 years, I think they had, we had the Spanish, well, the two countries, it was like a double crowns, monarchy, double two crowns, monarchy. one mm-hmm. king. Yes. And then they they made this um, revolution and the new king. So yes. during these 80 years, we had a lot of messianic astrology and uh, in the sixteen oh. 1614 uh, 1640,
0: you have the restoration another king there's a coup and, and yes uh, the, a portuguese heir is put in the throne and
1: actually one of the ways they have to legitimize the, this new heir is to say that the jupiter saturn conjunction of 1604 when he was born yes is what they call horoscoping rising in his nativity and this is oh. one of the arguments mm-hmm. yes that he should be the new king.
2: <laughs> yes. So it well, was in Sagittarius. Yes. Yes. That's very interesting. And um, I think that all um, is part of a broad picture which one finds in all these centuries. Um, it is usually, in my experience with these texts, the authors are not uh, interested in... Um, applying exactly the doctrine of an authority that lived many centuries ago without taking into account their own world in in which they live. They they do respect uh, these authorities but they know there are different uh, different authorities with partly um, contradictory tenets in various areas and especially they have Uh, They live in a political, uh, biographical, uh, religious context. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have an agenda in which they practice uh, astrology. And um, yes, and I I think it it is one of the most interesting uh, aspects um, when one is lucky enough to find uh, documents regarding a practicing and experienced astrologer of these um, past centuries that allow us to understand how she, he or she um, uh, how the person dealt with astrological doctrine um, trying to accommodate the needs uh, in in mm-hmm. a political or Yes. religious or whatsoever context. I would not be surprised, for instance, if, um, if John of Lübeck, uh, the author that we were talking about in my case here, uh, regrettably we have only this one text, but I would not be surprised if the reality was maybe that he um, tried to be a very conscientious astrologer in, in other Fields, but that this text may uh, had may have required a dose of um, let let me call it manipulation simply because he needed um, a patron uh, who was willing uh, to uh, mm-hmm. to pay him a salary to keep him from poverty. Um, I would not be surprised if um, if there have been many astrologers who uh, applied different levels of rigor or um, uh, technical precision, depending Mm -hmm. on the context in which, for instance, someone who who is casting the horoscope of his own child will probably um, be more uh, um, authentic and um, reliable and conscientious than someone who is trying to, to, uh, to obtain a certain political result that is, that is simply expected from him or needed in a certain Absolutely. situation. Yes. yes, yes.
1: Actually, I read um, Dorian Greenbaum's, uh, Dorian Greenbaum has um, a text about uh, Kepler's uh, letters to his master, yes. and they exchange letters. And uh, in one of the, uh, I was surprised because Kepler describes his own son. Hendrik yes, um, yes. in a way that is quite detached and it's, it, we, we have to keep in mind it's a newborn baby Yes, and he's like um, describing not only the good parts, but also that he will be not a very good person <laughs> and things like that in a very objective and scientific way for his own son.
2: Yes. Interesting. And
1: then, and then sadly the, children, the child dies. And then he, he really, we can see that he feels pain. He, 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 he loved the child. But yes. when it comes to describing the child astrologically, he's really, mm-hmm. he's merciless. <laughs> <laughs> he's really merciless. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. Yeah. How, um, how, he was very authentic yeah. in yes, his own yes. with yeah. his own child.
0: Yes. It's interesting because it's, it's where the technique meets the human being and, and, and things start to change. either from the needs of the moment, the social needs, the political needs, the needs for patronage. Uh, we even that have that, um, for example, with examples as, as Galileo or even Kepler, who, who, who emphasize certain aspects of the horoscopes of their uh, patrons or uh, expected patrons in order to accommodate a, a more call for yes. language and yes. not being, they're not exactly manipulating, but they're emphasizing certain things. Uh, to appeal uh, yes. to, to the patron so so that's 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 interesting and it's it's very human uh, it's the human side of the astrological practice which which is also
2: uh, interesting. yes absolutely and um, uh, one finds numerous um, mm, pieces of proof that even if such uh, practices occurred. That does not necessarily mean um, that uh, the practicing astrologer was less convinced of the truth of, um, of the art. Um, they, I think they tended to adapt um, to adapt uh, their practice to the different needs, depending on the context um, in which they were um, practicing. Yes.
1: Also, we have to keep in mind that when they are uh, writing to a patron, they were not writing to a colleague, to another astrologer. Even though astrology was probably well known, and people had at least a rudimentary knowledge, but he is not writing to another uh, as as Kepler was writing to his master. But when, when an astrologer is writing to his patron, or expected to be patron, it's for someone who is not an astrologer, mm-hmm. so they have to keep it simple and a bit pleasant, palatable. <laughs> they, yes. they have to make it pleasant, yes, yes, yeah.
2: and, and to avoid all too specific uh, details uh, that may be disproven uh, soon by, by, the de- by the development of events. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: careful, also, yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yes. Well, let me just get back. to the book. And also, uh, I think uh, it is clear why is it so long and why suddenly, what you said, what would be a few pages of research exploded (laughs) into such a large book, which has 600, 700, yeah, almost more around 700 pages. Uh, And um, you do treat with very detail, um, let's say the topics that surround the, the, yes. the, the text. And uh, this is what I thought was quite interesting. So, so you not only do um, a, t- a technical introduction to to, to to the techniques that are being used and to the context of, of this kind yes. of, of, of prediction, which is quite interesting. You also then study the um, the several implications, the religious narratives that are behind all of this, uh, uh, the reception of the text. You even go into demonology, so so the very argumentation. So that's it's a, very um, study. it's a very complete study. You do you do the astronomy and and you discuss the tempering in its own chapter. So uh, it is quite uh, um, a contextualization of the of of a, of a small text, even which gives it all this richness and all this substance to the work, which I found very interesting. And also, I think it's an example of how you, a small text. Absolutely can, if analyzed uh, properly and with all the detail, the, the required detail, can produce
1: uh, such a, a, a large source, volume and, such and, a rich, and such, rich such, source so, of information. Yeah.
0: Even the reception, which I think was very interesting, you are analyzing how the text is received and discussed with several authors, as an example, is also interesting, so we can understand the impact uh, of the text in its time. Mm-hmm. This also yes, emphasizes,
1: uh, let me just say something that is really important, this also emphasizes the importance of having these astrological texts studied and analyzed by people who actually understand the inner, um, the inner characteristics of the technique, because yes, you yes. address also the context, but then you go also into the in-depth knowledge of what the person, <laughs> what the author was saying. So it's very important for astrology to be studied by people who understand, actually understand the context. Otherwise... <laughs> oh, no.
2: Yes, Um, in this case, there was uh, the additional problem that the text is written in, um, in quotation marks, bad Latin, strange, uh, but um, that is uh, is a dangerous uh, term to use. uh, The Latin that was spoken in the universities was certainly, uh, in many cases, not... um, um, uh, um, not good Latin from the pro- point of view of a classical philologist mm-hmm. like me, but uh, it was simply um, um, from everyday uh, academic uh, practice, um, uh, the way they actually spoke. In So in this uh, text um, the language itself constitutes uh, a number of problems, Mm -hmm. and uh, I tried to cover um, the whole range of problems, philological, um, of course technical, and um, many other ones, um, as completely as possible. You mentioned um, the reception also, and um, yes, uh, in a way, it ended uh, in a similar manner to that article on the terms uh, from which we started earlier because my article on the terms has that outlook on um, <clears throat> on the medieval and uh, early modern reception uh, mm-hmm. passing through uh, reviewing uh, individuals like uh, Pico della Mirandola and other ones. in this case, I found it uh, uh, I like uh, this attitude of um, searching a bit like um, like a police detective who tries to uh, to hunt down uh, the evidence and to to uh, to create a profile of uh, the person in question. And in this case, it was um, very interesting to see um, uh, the impact of that the text had in the immediately following decades. Um, not last, because. Uh, He wrote in 1474 about a conjunction in 1504, but um, the Antichrist would be born two years later in 1506, and he would appear in public and bring about the end of the world still 30 years later. So there there was a rather long time span Mm -hmm. before uh, the outcome of his prediction would um, be proven true or wrong. Mm-hmm. And in these decades, um, it was, for instance, fascinating to see in this uh, in the Republic of Venice, um, which was uh, close to where the text was written. It was written in Padua, but uh, the second highest um, politician in Venice, um, Morosini was his name at the time, he uh, came to learn about this prediction and uh, was uh, very concerned about the announcement that the end would now come about in the year 1540. And um, so this uh, leading politician, who was uh, inferior only to the Doge himself, Mm -hmm. took a gondola, uh, (laughs) went to the island of Murano, where um, a famous monastery is located and where one uh, monk, um, Orlandini, was uh, known in Venice and the surrounding area for uh, writing a massive book against uh, all kinds of divination and especially against astrology. So this leading politician wanted to know what this expert on anti astrological Mm -hmm. arguments thought about this prediction Mm -hmm. and uh, all the other um, monks in the monastery attended uh, the learned uh, exchange about the text. So these are uh, insights um, in various social environments and also in various countries um, that we uh, that are possible through um, the texts uh, collected in this um, last section about uh, the reception which take us to um, the University of Krakow in Poland, but also to uh, Dutch um, monks um, uh, writing um, other texts um, in which uh, this prediction has been received. Then um, in Italy quite a number of uh, authors have written about the text. It was only with it was only with the um condemnation by the catholic church uh, when it was put it it received the honor so to speak of being li- uh, of being on the first list of uh, the index librorum prohibitorum <laughs> then uh, for centuries on every version of the index this prediction was uh, <laughs> was repeated um <laughs> Because it was um well basically because uh, any um prediction of the end of the world was um uh prohibited by uh,
0: the christian church. By the church. Yeah. so and, and such a use of astrology would be absolutely outside Everything. any rules of uh, that the church would allow yeah yes. Now it is interesting that the richness now of the the impacts of this text and and how as we were saying how all these social movements and you understand um, how how astrology flows and it's it, it's a, a knowledge that impacts uh, quite strongly political decisions personal beliefs uh, yep. social movements uh, even a text which is small although. Quite uh, strong in, in the in the in the in the ideas that it carries. Yes.
2: yes. So in the, in this respect, we are not um, researching simply texts that have always been hidden in certain libraries without any impact on real life. Um, in various extent, they have um, moulded and. Uh, Um, contributed to the culture of the late Middle Ages and the early modern period. Uh, Of course, not every text in the same degree, but um, um, since, uh, on the whole, astrology had such a large impact, uh, it is important um, to investigate it um, more deeply than in the previous uh, decades in order to understand this. Uh, contribution to what actually happened and to uh, the late medieval and early modern culture uh, more properly. In. Exactly. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, I think we have been on a very interesting and long conversation. For for, for, for thank you very much um, for joining us. I think it was a very interesting exchange, yes. and we'll be looking forward for the next volumes mm-hmm. and also for your other lines of research. Um very anxiously <laughs>
1: yes, like um, this <laughs> attentively. Exactly. Looking. Uh-huh. Yes,
0: many thanks
2: Helena and Louis. Uh, it was wonderful to have this conversation with you. Uh, thank you very
0: much. And thank we you. hope to to see you again uh, in the podcast for, for more of these discussions. Yes.
1: yes, you are invited to more podcasts in the yeah. future.
2: Yes uh, I'll be glad to join you on other occasions too.